Welcome back to the Unashamed Truth Podcast, where we aim to help you understand and embrace God-centered theology. True saving faith has certain qualities that determine if that faith is genuine or false. Is your faith genuine, or are you depending on a prayer that you prayed or an aisle that you walked for saving faith? Well, this is the question we all must face. And on today's podcast, Grant Castleberry confronts us with that question as he begins to explore the qualities of saving faith. Let's listen to Grant as he opens the Word of God for us. When I was growing up in Texas, it just seemed that we were so quick to assure people that just because they had made a decision for Christ at some point in their life, irregardless of whether any fruit was born, irregardless of whether they even walked away from the faith later on. I knew people, they made a decision. I grew up with these people. And then in college, they renounced Christ. They just went along the way with the world, living the party life, have nothing to do with Jesus. And we say, yeah, you're in because when you were seven years old, you made a prayer and you were baptized then. But that's not what the Bible says saving faith is. Here's what James says. James says, James says in 2.19, he says, you believe that God is one. You do well. The demons believe and shudder. The, the demons know the gospel. It's not enough to know the gospel intellectually. You have to believe the gospel. You have to trust in Christ as Lord. That's what saving faith is. And so what I want to do before we start John 6, just over the next two to three weeks, is I just want to give you the qualities of saving faith so you can know that you know that you know that you possess saving faith. Remember uh, the, the people who study counterfeit money, how do, they, how do they spot the counterfeit bills? They study the genuine article. So we're going to go back and I just want to look very simply with you at what saving faith is according to the Bible. And we're going to lay that foundation, and then we're going to go into John chapter 6, and, that, and we're going to be able to really understand it and interpret it. So over the next few weeks, two, maybe three, I want to give you 11 qualities of saving faith. 11 qualities of saving faith. And when we do that, you're really, I think, going to understand what saving faith actually is according to Scripture. And as we go through these, I want you to be asking yourself, is this me? Do I have this faith? Or is my faith a superficial faith? Like those disciples in John 6 that end up leaving Jesus there at the end. So first quality of saving faith. Saving faith is a supernatural faith. It's a supernatural faith. Saving faith is different from all other types of faith. It's different from the faith that you have in your car insurance company. 
It's different from the faith that you have in your bank. It's different even from the faith that you have in your spouse. And the difference is the source. Saving faith is different from all other types of faith because the source of saving faith is God. God is the source of saving faith. In the early 5th century, that's 400s, there was a massive theological controversy in the church. Just huge controversy. And there was a British monk named Pelagius, and he made uh, a journey to Rome. And while he was in Rome, he heard somebody saying this prayer. And this prayer really frustrated him and made him upset. And here's how the prayer went. The prayer was very simple. It said, Lord, command what you will and grant what you command. Lord, command what you will and grant what you command. In other words, what does the Lord command of us? Faith. Obedience. Godliness. Holiness. What's the person saying? Grant to me what you're commanding of me. Lord, help me do the things that you've asked. And Pelagius heard that prayer. He says, this doesn't make sense. How can you pray to God and ask Him to do something that God's commanded you to do? Because if God's commanded you to do, surely commanded you to do something, then surely you have the power in and of yourself to do it. And he went up to this guy and he says, where'd you, where'd you get this prayer? This is wrong. You can't be praying this. And he said, I got the prayer from St. Augustine. Augustine taught us to pray this. And so this controversy erupted between Pelagius and Augustine. And Augustine said, no, we do have to pray and ask God to grant us the the ability to keep his commands, to believe, to have faith. And one of the texts that he used to prove this is Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And Augustine argued from this passage. He said, faith is a supernatural gift of God. And he began just by pointing at verse 1. He says, look, look at verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which, you, in which you once walked. That's a pretty lowly state, isn't it? To be a dead, stinking, spiritual carcass. To put it bluntly. What do dead people do? Stink. Besides that, nothing. Right? Right? When was the last time you saw a dead person get up out of the grave, go to the doctor and just say, I'm I'm in a really bad state, can you help me? They don't do that, do they? Why? They're dead. They're spiritually dead, physically dead. Well, that's what Paul's saying about our spiritual condition before Christ. Notice, in which you once walked before you became a believer, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? Satan. 
the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's our spiritual state. So is that spiritual state being dead? Are we able to obey? No. Because we don't want to obey. We'd rather follow the the prince of the power of the air. We'd rather go with the world. Because we're spiritually dead. We're depraved. We're children of wrath. That's our identity. Like the rest of mankind. Now notice verse 4. Begins with the greatest two words, I think, in the New Testament. This is your story and my story in two words. But God. But God. But God. But God. God did something in your life. God intervened in your life if you're in Christ. Being rich in mercy. Do you know what mercy is? It's pity for your state. It's pity for the consequences of your sin. And God, because He's rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, it's not like God loves us when we're this fine jewel. He loves us when we're dead, children of wrath. What, is, what does God do? Verse 5. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. God makes you alive. That's the new birth. That's the spiritual resurrection. God does a resurrection work in the heart. And that's why Paul says salvation is by grace. Grace is undeserved merit that deals with the entirety of our lost state and grants us salvation. God gives this grace. How? He raises us up with Him and seats us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. It's all by grace. It's undeserved. It's the work of God. Through faith. Okay, now this is where we believe. God gives us this new life, and immediately as a result, we believe. That's why verse 8 follows verses 4 to 7. And Paul emphasizes this in verse 8. He says, And this is not your own doing. Notice that we're so quick to claim responsibility for our faith. Why did you believe and your sister or your friend did not? You heard the same message. Why did you believe? Is it because you were smarter, more virtuous, more righteous? No. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God. 
Genuine saving faith comes not because we are smarter than anyone else or have done more good works than everyone else. Faith is a gift of God. And that faith is planted in our hearts by the Holy Spirit through Christ. And this is the true quality of saving faith. It is not of ourselves, but of God. Thank you for joining us today for the Unashamed Truth podcast with Grant Castleberry. Grant is the senior pastor of Capital Community Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Find out more about Unashamed Truth by visiting our website, unashamedtruth.org. We are seeking to expand this ministry to radio markets and media platforms that will make the truth of God-centered Christianity even more accessible. If you have benefited from this broadcast, would you prayerfully consider giving to support the advance of the message? In order to give, please visit our website, unashamedtruth.org. Don't forget to subscribe to the Unashamed Truth podcast so that you will never miss an episode. Until next time, it is our prayer that you continue in your journey to understand and embrace God-centered theology.